You are listening to the Hot Breath Podcast. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and welcome to your weekly guide to comedy mastery. Ah. It's the same reason why people will pay more money uh, for the same product. They'll go to a restaurant that's serving the same thing for better service, a better experience. It's the same reason. If they, if they like you, they're willing just to come see. We'll drive a couple extra miles to go someplace we like. That's why, obviously, Chick-fil-A is successful. Southwest Airlines, very successful. People like the people more than they do anything else. It just helps. Hot breath. Howdy ho, hot breath of ours. What's up? That's a terrible way to start this. But anyway, I am your favorite comedian, Joel Byers, and welcome to your favorite podcast, Hot Breath. Oh, it's a rocky start, but to an amazing, amazing interview today. Thank you for tuning in. You will not regret spending your valuable time with us here. Let's get right into the episode. I just want to give a quick context for today's guest. He's a big-time motivational speaker and event host, now transitioning his skills into... The comedy world, trying out stand-up comedy. We were kind of in a crossroads of, he's been in the corporate world, now trying to transition into the stand-up world. I've been in the stand-up world, now transitioning into the corporate world. Uh, It was just two worlds colliding. This is an action-packed, information-packed interview here. That's why it's our longest ever, is because we just kept going. He ended up doing like a complete audit of where I am, how I can get to where I want to be. It is truly, I would say, a masterclass, not only on public speaking, but also on how to build your brand and actually build awareness around it. So you picked a good one, hot brethren and sister, and to tune into. So congratulations to you. Thank you for your time. Let's get into it. All I'll say, if you enjoy it, simply sharing it will go a long way. I could ask for an iTunes review if you want to go the extra mile. That's always appreciated. But literally, just telling a friend, family member, fellow podcaster about this is how we grow and continue to grow as we have been. So thank you so much for all your support here at the Hot Breath of Earth and all the exciting growth we have. So with that being said, only thing left to do is inhale a hot breath with Stan Pearson. I may look periodically at a... I may look down just to make sure we're recording. But... uh, (laughs) You've always wanted to say that? You made it, man. You you made it. We out here now. Make sure we got... uh, If you could just say your full name to the microphone, please. Stanley Pearson II. All right, Stanley Pearson II, welcome to Hot Breath. We are on like lives and we're recording this. This is this is this amazing. Is, this really feels like this is a production this, this situation. Feels, yeah, this feels like legit. We're gonna have we're gonna have, we need like one more like camera just to document <laughs> us documenting it. <laughs> right, right, just one like more. where's the NSA when you need them? Next time. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so thank you for doing this. I am uh this is your water as well thank as you, you held it up. Me. Hot breath. I can't drink it. Yeah, that's all you. That's Fontis right there. That's, that's our what, sponsor. That's what I'm talking about, Fontis Springwater. Fontis Spring, only the best. Nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> it's from uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains of Georgia here. 
And they do custom labels. Custom labels. They do folks. coffee as well. You can see them at farmers really? markets. Yeah. I don't even have my own water, folks. This is a whole nother level I'm on. We out here. But his <laughs> Wi Fi is branded, I will say. <laughs> His wife, everything, <laughs> everything is, br- is branded. It seems a little obsessive, but I think that's what it takes. Huh? Is that what it takes? Because you know what it takes. What does it take? Uh, committing, uh, you know, committing to, again, the brand, a name mm-hmm. that, number one, that you believe in, and you're comfortable enough letting others know that you believe in it, too. Yeah, well, so completely. What's, what's probably the worst one you tried to do? <laughs> <laughs> Golly, the worst branding I've ever tried to do. Yeah, it's really been painful. The you know what? It was before. So I do this salsa leadership deal uh-huh. uh, where they learn how to salsa dance and leadership. And it was when I was just kind of randomly shimmying as a part of the like I just you know hit folks with a shimmy, <laughs> a random Spanish phrase, and expected them to get it. Like it was there was no continuity. So I, I would just describe. I can't, it was embarrassing. There's one video clip of it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't tell anyone where that clip is. Oh, okay. But it's really just me dancing down the aisle. I'm shimmering. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm the salsa guy. The name stuck, uh-huh. but nothing else made sense. Nothing was, else made what's sense. What's the name? The salsa guy. Oh, then your brand was the salsa guy. Folks were telling me the salsa guy. Oh, okay. But I didn't believe in it. Uh, and I mean, years later, as I, made more sense of it but by then i was i was over b- being the salsa guy yeah but to this day i mean years later folks like oh you're the salsa guy uh so i, I won't say that's the worst i just feel like that was certainly humbling the first time that i introduced the salsa guy mm-hmm. and no one was interested <laughs> <laughs> no what one is- what is the process in figuring it out you mentioned over years you kind of found your direction what is that process like so, uh, number one, I feel like your audience tells you, mm. your audience lets you know what they're interested in, what they love, what they enjoy from you, and then you have to move your ego out of the way. So, there's been a couple, obviously, there's been the salsa guy, and more recently, there's been, you know, Mr. Am I Too Sexy, or I've been working the Am I Too Sexy brand, which helps people find their sexy from the inside out. And... That has made a lot of sense to me. That's been fun. But I've moved, I won't say I've moved away from that completely, but I wanted to have something that, again, could connect with everyone. So my punchline or my phrase has been, you're good, you're great, you're worth it. Because people can't misunderstand that. That makes sense to everyone. Yeah. Someone sees, am I too sexy? Well, am I? Oh, no, I don't know. Or are you conceited? Are you stuck up? It's like all these misconceptions and so I wanted to make it easy for everyone to be like I like this guy and then once they get to know me they will find oh am I too sexy oh right uh, so again listening to your audience and uh, and then committing yeah, just committing to it committing to it what is that commitment man that commitment is saying like even once you believe in it so am I too sexy pay the bills and, and still helps quite a bit. And then the, you're good, you're great, you're worth it. But I've paid a lot of money. I've invested a lot of money in people for them to tell me that, uh, no, it's not very good. Like, or hmm. people won't like that. Like folks have told me, I, mentors, um, coaches that I've hired have been like, yeah, they have my too sexy thing. People aren't going to dig it. 
And I've left rooms after, again, investing a large sum of money and being like, nah, I'll take my chances. So um, that, that's what I mean by commitment. Right. Uh, recently, I was talking to a guy by the name of George Yu, awesome guy. He created uh, Wind Pouch. Uh, and, you know, we we're having lunch and talking, and he said, some ideas, there's not necessarily a bad idea, but for me, you know, for you, maybe it's a seven or an eight. For me, maybe it's a three. So if it's, it doesn't mean it's bad, but it just means you're going to have to work harder to carry it on. Uh, and that just resonated with me. So being able to commit to it and then drive it home yourself to where enough people go, yeah, I, I dig it. Seems like you said put the ego to the side, but then I guess you have to hold on to some to realize at some point, like, okay, I even paid them for their opinion, oh, and I right. respect mine more on that. Heck yeah. So when I, when I say, you know, move the, the ego to the side, there would be times where, you know, I realized from, in, from a career standpoint that I was doing something more for me than I was my audience. And that is, uh, and I, I honestly think that once I began to see an audience that enjoyed me and my thoughts resonated with them, that became more powerful than what I just thought they should know. What I, I, I gotta, I gotta lay this on. And I'm still struggling with that present day. I'm just better. And I have a, a great wife that'll be like, hey, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's good for, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's good for, for us or yeah. good for you personally, professionally. Eh. So it's, it's helping me to be like, okay. That's, I'm saying this for me. This isn't for the audience that I say I want or that I say I want to have an impact on and create respect within. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it gets that, that connection to the audience. A lot of times when you're building a brand, you almost try to be too clever instead of just clear. Instead of just clear. Yeah. Which, I mean, in that point of, all right, am I too sexy? Question mark. That's clever. You know, it's provocative to some degree. And then I went from that to, all right, find your sexy. So I add shirts and everything, the whole nine, mm -hmm. but find your sexy was so much more clear than am I too sexy? Uh, folks were, they didn't have to guess or you're good, you're great, you're worth it. It was just like bang, bang, bang. Exactly. I understand that. So absolutely. How much thought will go into actually finding that clarity? <sighs> Sleepless nights, a, a lot. When you care? Exactly. A lot. Yeah. A, a lot. There's been come up with great ideas every day or I think they're great or, you know, or lukewarm, you know, but, uh, but, uh, then I think, uh, the thoughts that really matter are the ones like anything else that will wake you up, make you think about it, second guessing before you post them. Even again, in social media, as much as I still may post some things that may come off as, uh, controversial, I'd say thought provoking. I still put thought, I, there's still a number of posts that I type out and still delete or content that I create and never post. Just because I, and the audience doesn't always know that, much like yourself, I'm sure, but it's like, I want like my greatest thoughts to be out there in the universe. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you got that feedback, especially in the social media world, like it's so instant though. It is. You post it, and I guess it also takes, you wanna listen to your audience, but with a grain of salt maybe. Right, man, because they, they can be brutal. Yeah. I mean, they all won't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found out, or people you think like you don't, you know, yeah. when, you, when you say the wrong thing. I just, I just had that experience, like, this week. Really? When I, I interviewed the producer of 85 South. Are you familiar okay. with 85 yes. South? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. So it's a huge, like, they're a media company is how it was broken down to me. But they posted the interview I did with them on their YouTube page. Oh, okay. And the comments... 
oh. about the white man trying to steal the black man's ideas. First off, he's one of the good ones. I've told you all this. I'm we on record. <laughs> Joe Byers is one of the good ones. Now, just gonna go ahead, dude. So and like that, it was like a run of comments and like a a couple threads on the comments have been like the evil really? white man bringing us down and like coming to where it's popping and all this. And I was like, yeah. oh, so this is the internet. <laughs> this internet you know, does not like you. Yeah. Does not know you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, doesn't care even if they did. You know? Yeah, it's eye-opening, man. Super humbling. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. The, the, I, I honestly think, I have, think I've said this before, that the internet has given everyone a, the internet has given everyone a microphone. Unfortunately, some people, chir- some people turn up the volume on the wrong voices. Mm. And it's unfortunate, but everyone has a microphone. Yep. Uh, and wa- everyone wants to be treated well and be great, but they don't, you know, always pay that piece forward. So, yeah, man, it's, oh, it, it's so painful. <laughs> like, no, wait, but I'm a good guy. But I'm, I'm just trying to help. Yeah, I'll just, yeah, yeah. I just want to get the word out. I just want to document this groundbreaking media company. And they're like, evil crackers. <laughs> well, he said cracker. He said cracker. So hey. He didn't use a hard R. It's, so it's, not, cool. in, it's not offensive then. That's right. And that's, that's coming from Black Stanley, <laughs> by the hey, way. He said it. He said it. Man. Yeah. It's so, man, again, the internet, is, it's created a great avenue for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's so fickle. I have, I joke about it, but I'm still in this very real place of, like, not wanting to sell out. You know, and some, a lot of my friends, they're like, Stan, things are really moving for you. Whatever you do. Just don't put on a dress, man. Like I, whatever you like. That, that, so that's that's like literally. I get those text messages, kind of like, hey, man, hey, we like what you're doing. Just I know you're right there. Just don't like. There's that wow. piece, and then there's the like. I want to put out great content, you know, funny stuff that isn't offensive. That I talk about me more than anything else. But folks, you know, don't always share that. It doesn't always resonate. But then if I post something controversial that may be a little bit out of my character to share with the public Mm -hmm. it's like that catches wheels that is moving i'm like i don't want that to be me but this is what you all want they want the salsa guys they want the salsa guy baby they want the shimmy shake (laughs) (laughs) they want the shimmy shake i don't want to give you the shimmy shake that's even on the professional side we're talking about just i guess our friends or followers and whatnot but even people looking to hire you that's the first thing that drew me to you was you post about doing this comedy show at a donut place. And I was like, wait, who is this? And I click on your Facebook and I was like, wait, who is this? And I looked at your website and I was like, wait, wait, who is this? And I looked at your LinkedIn. And I was like, wait, what? Who is this? Like you're every stone is like not left unturned. You are really like everywhere and there's a presence and it's very well defined. Thank you. So do you see a lot of business driven from that or is it still more word of mouth because you've been doing this what 2005 is when you 2005 2005 right so like and just now starting to hop on folks radar you know crazy 13 years later yeah 13 years later so like no i'm i'm legit like this is i'm i am actively when i send out information people ask i'm just sending my resume with it sounds like why should i have to do that i have a website but i'm sending my resume with it but uh certainly you know Still business driven. I have to say, hungry. There's a period of time where I certainly have been burned out from time to time because because I started it myself. You know, I haven't really trusted other folks around it very much. So mm-hmm. again, my my wife managing me a little bit, handling some of that paperwork has lifted a bit of uh, a bit of the trials and tribulations and wanting to get back to folks or having to. But uh, word of mouth has played its part for sure. 
Because uh, again, the ego piece. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm doing great. I shouldn't have to smile and dial and call all these folks to have them tell me no when they have not. They've not even checked out my website or said, hey, they haven't. Right. I don't want to do that. But still, if uh, if the end goal is world domination or wanting folks to to see me in the product that I deliver for what I think it truly is, then it's what it takes. And then again, word of mouth has been. It's been great. In terms of buying glaze, it was a place where I, I did, which is, you know, the donut shop. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I, uh, my, where we used to live, they were right down the way from there, and I had my first book signing there, or my, my second book signing there. So cool. I had a book signing there. Uh-huh. And they were, the owners were great. They were cool. And so I was the first place I thought of, because I'm like, it's kind of different. It's, it, that's Black Stanley-esque. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, like, oh, is it open bar? Is there liquor being served? Yeah, not exactly, but There's we donuts. do. They're donuts. Yeah. They got donuts and coffee and yeah. cooked chocolate bacon. You know, it's, it's, yeah. So I thought that would be a good way to introduce me into, you know, Atlanta scene, having come back from L.A. And what I've noticed about even the production of your show, coming from that corporate background, you, you like... I think it was your. I think your wife announced you, or you had somebody like read your resume and then announce you. And there's music. <laughs> we're in this donut shop. I'm like, this guy's acting like we're in like Madison Square Garden. <laughs> right. It's it's amazing. That's not like a jab. That's amazing yeah. that you pay attention to that many details. Yeah, and that's uh, again. It was you know her and I had talked about that, and then we had a uh, like an assistant help out with that. But it was again not just the perception, but letting folks know like this is it, it either is a big deal or it's gonna be one. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to present it in a way that I see it in the future. So a couple years from now where I'm on this major grand stage, while it's always, it creates anxiety and this sense of being overwhelmed, it's like, oh no, I've heard this introduction before, I've been here before, and instead of 20 people, it's 2,000 people and and we're here. So uh, again, I think that was just me just playing the mind game with myself of okay, this is what I wanna see. Is that when you go into like a corporate gig? Because I don't even know, what are all the services you even offer? Let's Great. Start there. Yeah. yeah. So, right. So I introduced myself as award-winning speaker, motivational comedian, uh, and author. And so I do hosting and so forth and have been acting more recently. So, you know, leadership diversity piece and also confidence consulting. And under that umbrella of things, it's, you know, there's keynoting, works, workshop facilitation, but again, with the commitment piece, being like, all right, I want to do this my way. Under the, under the guise of being, you know, professional and, uh, yeah, of being, you know, professional and sharp, but I have my way uh, that is going to separate me from some random keynote speaker that might come and put an audience to sleep. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, I'm looking to make that transition. I feel like we're in crossroads where you're, You've established yourself in the corporate world, and now you're crossing over into like entertainment and stand-up more specifically. Right. And I've established myself in this entertainment, but now I'm trying to cross over in a corporate world. How do you? Where do you see that bridge? Right. So originally it started with colleges. Uh, okay. I worked for a college. Yeah. And so Texas A&M. Yeah, Texas yeah. A&M International. And so then I leveraged that, and then that you know started to trickle into more corporate or, or regular events. And I always tell folks the the audience that you. Uh, have more experience with jump into that one that would be the so for me it's like I knew everyone in I knew a bunch of colleges a bunch of people in colleges Hmm. so then I use those relationships to leverage uh, the beginning of my speaking career 
And now knowing that there are a number of professional organizations where I can say, okay, let me pay this booth or become a vendor and then let them know what I do now and then reap those rewards later. So by going to a vendor event, I'm planting a seed. Uh, and then a month, two months, six months later, I get the call from those folks that met me there. And it becomes, and so th there are a number of ways. So you can send out uh, mail outs. Obviously, you can call on the phone. Or you can go to where there's going to be an event or an expo. You get your booth. You pay a couple hundred bucks. And uh, you have information there that, that, that clearly defines what it is that you're going to do for them. Like you have like a one sheet for sure resume, like a backdrop. What do you got for sure? So there I would take uh, I have some st post up stands that I will that are maybe 150 bucks. They're more. I mean, if, if you're in the professional field or entertainment field and you are at any live event, you must invest in a post up stand. Banners are also great. They're just tougher to travel with. So for me, it was really easy to like I have one or two post up stands. They come in their own bag. And I can move with those things really easily, like, and they're there mm -hmm. uh, for for one fifty, uh, and that helped. I'm sorry. What was the the other part of your question? I'm sorry. Yeah, just when you go to these events, what all do you have okay. to show who you are? Right. So the post up stands, business cards, and I'll either have a one sheet uh, that has you know a bio of me, and then on the back any programs or keynotes that I provide. And at this point, I always take books. I've authored a few books now. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely have the books there. Like, no doubt. No doubt about it. And I give those away. Like, most events I go to like that, oh. I give them away. No one, 2%, 5% of people will throw away a book. They may forget a business card, lose a business card. And the other thing I do is I, I always give everyone two business cards apiece. Interesting. I always, do. I always say, because you never know what might happen to one of them, or you might lose one. So I always give everyone two business cards, and I am more than willing to give away this book that was two bucks, uh, and they're never going to throw it away. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I feel like most people could have a book. They just feel like it, it takes some discipline to knock it out, but anyone can have a book. Anyone. Yeah, I, I just wrote, I, I, have, I think last year it was, I wrote like a comedy writing playbook. Oh, that's like, dope. One of my students, he, he was um, – He's like an MIT alum and a professor, and he, he just loved the class. He showed up like week five and was like, we're writing a book. And he had like, he really? had like a three-ring binder that he just like threw on the table, and I was like, oh, I guess we're writing a book. <laughs> and like even that, it's based off like the techniques and what we discuss in my class. But even – I was like, oh, we'll just take the class and put it into a book. But even the process of putting all that together, organizing it, refining it, it was a daunting – daunting task it's a pain well worth it it's a mountain to climb but it does add a new credibility when you can write author on your website it does man yeah so many again almost every person you meet we're like man I, i'd write a book i'd love to write a book but it's just knowing that you did and they didn't it's yeah. like with most ideas again mm -hmm. i bring up this you know my friend george you again that just mentioned like everyone comes up with an idea oh yeah only a few folks are willing to carry on with it or, or knock it out and uh so wind pouch it, that's what his uh, his creation was or his invention, but he mentions the number of people that he that he meets that are like, I was gonna do that, and they never did. So he's did pretty you? much like, yeah, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> a Shark Tank and a mentor with Mark Cuban later, like everything That's is crazy. a bit better than it was before. That's crazy, right? Yeah. So uh, that also provides encouragement to just 
like being able to take action, mm-hmm. take action, which is, I know I mentioned the book, it's called The One Thing that I just recently started. Yeah. But it's, it's really about just that one thing, like executing that one thing, and then it moves to the next thing. Like that's yeah. the process. Because you can get a little scattered brained, and I, I feel like I got into a rut. I was trying to do like five things ineffectively instead of focusing on one thing very well and just no. honing in on that. I've just now gotten to the point with that with this podcast where I'm like, okay, this is this is prior, priority numero uno, if numero you uno. will, oh, oh, for ooh, mi la amigo. La. Hey. hey, that's all I know. Yeah. I, I learned in a kitchen. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't learn in school. I don't have a bachelor's <laughs> in it or whatever. <laughs> that's too good. That was good. Oh, gracias. Hey, I don't know what that was. What that Accent was. and all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of my... Thinking of the book is that I've heard that getting in the corporate world, if you have a book, it's almost like it's almost like a way in the door. They're like, oh, he has Period. a book. Well, he's legit. Period. Is that why you write the books? Absolutely. Almost? If I if I had to do it all over again, I would have written the book first. Technically, I did, mm-hmm. but I didn't. It wasn't done. I didn't really. Again, I was afraid of. I want it to be perfect. I don't want there to be any errors. What if people don't like it? You know. Uh, but if I had to do it all over again, if I was giving someone advice, it'd be like, listen, finish your book. It's going to be a couple. You can do it very inexpensively. Like there's some expensive ways to write a book. Mm-hmm. Then there's some very inexpensive ways to do it, to do a quality soft cover book or a hardcover book, uh, 100 to 150 pages. It does not have to be worn piece. And then that's what you lead with. And then the book becomes a reason to have people come in, to have you come in to talk about the book. Or maybe based on some principles in the book that are clearly defined, that's what they want you to speak on. And then the rest just happens. But it cannot happen if, you're, if you have a 1,000 books or 100 books that are on the shelf in, in your house. Like you have, to right. be, you have to be willing to be like, listen, I have 100 books in there that have not seen the light of day. I'm going somewhere, and I'm giving them away. I mean, that, that is still worth more than leaving them in there, which, again, that I wanted to get over that. Like if I had a box of books, I'm like, mm-mm. No, until someone goes on my website and buys one, I'm not giving them away. I'm like, wait a minute. Yep. They, they've been in here for two months. What am I doing? Yeah. But if I can turn a $2 book into a $4,000 speaking dollar engagement, $4,000 $4, speaking engagement, mm-hmm. what, what makes more sense? That's why I'm thinking of the corporate world. Because <laughs> you can do $50 a show in stand-up or, yeah, like you said, a couple grand for like an hour. Yes. You can work a whole weekend at a club for 300 or 3000 for an hour. It's right. The math. <laughs> right, it only makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And and now that so many guys are, whether they're creating their own online courses, or they're mm-hmm. you know their mastermind groups or subscription monthly subscriptions, like the game is completely changing. So it's like, okay, it's what's the inspiration to again do clubs every weekend? Is it you know so people can say, oh, I know you know the respect in the game and the comedy game is really big. Huge that folks, you know, know you, they respect you, so you can get on their stages. Uh, I think it's also very important for them to realize there, there are different levels to this. Like, do you want to do clubs for the next 15 or 20 years? Do You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. a question they want to answer for themselves and then decide, okay, if the answer is no, then what are we doing aside from that? You know, do you leverage that celebrity piece, which I'm kind of in the process of doing, is creating the, the celebrity in me or that people see something in me to where it's easy. My phone is ringing more than I'm calling or people say, hey, we need you in here to speak on this, mm-hmm. which it's happening a lot more. As you said, again, like $50 a night, you're in there till 2, 3 a.m. Yep. Or, you know, at 9 a.m., you're done by 10 a.m. 
you know, maybe don't speak until next month again because you want to. That's to. that's my goal with it though is to be. Stand up is still that's that's still the baby. Like I've just I've been doing it over eight years now. I've invested all the time into acquiring this skill. Like I'm just now at a point where I feel like I have a product worth selling. I Heck feel yeah. comfortable sending out a tape to like a festival or a club because I know I can back it up. I feel like I'm ready on that aspect. Heck yeah. But now in thinking of using the skill set of public speaking, I would like I would be willing to like tour around doing clubs, but like you said, maybe go in to Nashville, be booked at the club that weekend, but maybe that Saturday morning I'm knocking out a corporate gig that pays more than the entire club weekend, but I'm doubling down and doubling the awareness. Absolutely. Yes. And that's, you know, the, uh, we call it, you know, block booking, you know, which is the notion of, all right, if I can be somewhere for a week and I, I'm, I'm willing to stay there five days, if three of those days I'm busy, you know, just, it just makes sense. Or then I can be like, I could discount, you know, my fee because I'm here for three days. Three people are paying five days. Cool. I'll stick around a little bit longer, but that is also the piece. So you quench that thirst of being like, all right, so I, I want to make people laugh, like go in to make people laugh. I love that. Yeah. You know, that is what the game changer is. And I found that that has been what's made me a more highly sought after speaker is the fact that I'm willing to give some lessons with laughter. Not everyone's mm -hmm. willing to purposefully do that. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I think it happens by accident, but I have, I have some built in laughter that's going to happen because no one's going to retain 100% of what they hear anyway. They're just not going to. So how can I maximize their learning curve? How can I make them remember me? That becomes more powerful than, you know, 101 ways to when they're not going to remember 30 of them. Yep. You know, I want to get right to it. How does laughter help retain memory? You know, folks have become a bit more open. I, 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 I touch some difficult topics, obviously, when you're discussing leadership or diversity or systematic oppression or experiences that people have. Uh, when you make someone laugh, uh, you lower their guard a bit. And I, I consider it a superpower, you know, to have, yeah. the, to have the, the, the ability to help people change their, own mind, change their own minds or look a little bit deeper into themselves. So I, I don't manipulate that or uh, I do my best not to take advantage of them in that moment. But while they're open, you know, someone's smiling, that means they like you. If not for just that moment, they like you. So I would say within... 60 seconds to the next two minutes, I'm introducing some very important pieces of information once they begin laughing. Or as the laughter subsides, here comes the lesson. Okay. Yeah. Matter of fact, I don't even know if I want you to laugh too hard. And if I do, that's purposeful. That's built in. And matter of fact, that's my next transition to point B. Like uh -huh. we've laughed so hard, we had such a good time. Now let's move on to point B. Boom. They're like, all right, okay, I'm with you. Same thing. This is the same reason why people will pay more money uh, for the same product. They'll go to a restaurant that's serving the same thing for better service, a better experience. It's the same reason. If they, if they like you, they're willing just to come see. We'll drive a couple extra miles to go someplace we like. That's why, obviously, Chick-fil-A is successful. Southwest Airlines, very successful. People like the people more than they do anything else. Hmm. It just helps. I find myself liking you more and more as you're talking about it. I don't know why. I'm like falling into a trance. I was like, the Pearson effect is happening. The, the Pearson effect. Oh, my God. The superpower. I will not take advantage <laughs> this moment. <laughs> I was like leaning. I was like, yeah, tell me more. Because you are really like somebody just in 
researching you for this and just seeing how you move and operate, I'm like, I would like to operate at that level. Like, what what are some other insights you could share that that requires? I do, and this this gets me in trouble sometimes. Uh, and that is this understanding. My, my dad talked to me. He's like, son, you should go back to school and maybe get a PhD in psychology. He talked to me. He doesn't talk Jeez. to me about that nearly as much anymore. But he used to mention that very regularly. The master's isn't enough? Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, dad, I, uh, <laughs> but I finished. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is the guy who had you listen to Zig Ziglar, though, Zig Ziglar. right? <laughs> That's so, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the man. Get that stinking mm. thinking out of here. Yeah. So, uh, and, and also a man that committed. Like he worked for the same company for 35 years, oh, married okay. to my mom for 39 years going. Yeah. So, uh, where did he work? What did he uh, do? UPS. Okay. He worked for UPS and actually started as a, a loader. Started as a loader from the very beginning at like, uh, 20 years old. Man. And that was kind of the beginning, like all the way up the ladder, essentially. That old school mentality. Old school mentality. No retention anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everyone's kind of moving to different mm -hmm. places. Heck, I forgot what I was. The point I was I'm just so make. sorry. We just went no, off no, on your tangent okay. about your dad. Because <laughs> right. I remember hearing what an influence he was in researching you. And like yeah. when you moved to Texas, he was oh, like, even like, well, make sure you were, oh, yeah. think about why you're going, write it down. So when you, when you regret the decision, you, you remember oh, the goal, that. you remember your goal in mind, which I'm sure you still right. use to this day. Right. So, to, so we mentioned that he mentioned the, the behavioral psychology or psychology. Okay. But you're right. That list, he had me early on when I moved from Chicago to, to Texas, Southwest Texas, we did a, a road trip. <laughs> and he said, why are you leaving? Why do you want to go and have me write an effort list? Uh, so every time I thought about coming back home, go to my effort list and, uh, and stay. I could come home to visit, but this wouldn't be the place I would retreat to. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the psychology piece, as you mentioned, what are some other things I do working on is just really trying to understand people. At, the, at their core. So I understand that, you know, different groups, different demographics operate in one way, like in a very general sense. And then there are people individually that have experiences and they operate in a certain way based on the experiences, what their life has been. And that is, uh, that's, it's difficult, but it's just beneficial to understand people and where they're coming from. Is it frustrating? Is it a, daunt, a daunting task? Is it something that I get in trouble for via social media or even in social conversations? Absolutely. Because things are not uh, always what they seem. Or I think people, uh, when, when people are, are judging, we judge very much in black and white. Like you're either right or you're wrong, right? Especially based on what I believe. But when we're being judged, we want to be judged in the gray. Hmm. That I find that that is what I'm kind of working through, because uh, I ended up in some very controversial conversations about Kanye West and about uh, <laughs> some other topics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But again, I feel like when we're judging people, we judge very much in the black and white, black, especially if we like someone or we don't like someone. Mm -hmm. But when we're being judged, we want you to judge in the gray. We want you to think about everything that it could be, that it might be, that it should have been based on my life, what I've been through. So I feel like people would even be more successful or be more open to getting to know people, build relationships, and understanding how people work, how they think, and why they think the way they do or why they are so tenacious or uh, so passionate about certain things. Like there, there, There's a root to that. Are, are you willing to... As we discussed in here, are you willing to set someone up? Are you willing to set someone up for the win? 
And that, that can go back to our uh, mutual enterprise days as well. Yeah. Oh, we man. You enterprise. Oh, I, dude, dude we, I was a soldier. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We both bled green. It was terrible. Oh, my God. Listen. Detailing cars and ties. <laughs> Especially in Chicago at the time of February. Oh, and my first oh, month man. there. Oh, it's, it's terrible. It, it's a terrible. I mean, one thing, one thing it did teach me is that like because it's pretty much like you learn is you, you like you learn by trial by fire like period. oh you don't know how to you don't know how to work the computer okay <laughs> you're gonna do it so many times it's gonna be burning your brain period you don't know how to you don't know how to pitch you don't know how to answer the phone you're just gonna do it until it's it's instinct yeah man oh my gosh you bled green as well yeah so when we <laughs> even just to use that as like the parallel to the corporate like interaction is an, an enterprise if you go to pick up a customer, kind of the motive was like, okay, figure out why they why their their cars in the shop, how long it's gonna be, what kind of car is it, you know, kind of scoping them out. Heck yeah. So when you're at an event, say you have a booth, somebody comes up to talk, are you doing the same thing as like, okay, this guy owns a construction company, he's it's a family sure. company, like what are, you're mining for information to see how you can pivot the pitch, right? For sure. So number one, one, one thing that I've been better at, I've I've been decent at this all along, I believe, but just being more purposeful and. And the notion that anyone can be a client. Anyone can book me. Hmm. Sometimes, obviously, you know, we profile. That's natural instinct for people to say that it isn't. They're just lying to themselves, maybe make themselves feel better about who we really are as people. But, uh, but just the notion of, like, everyone is a potential client. Now, if they decide to, I don't, I don't make anyone come over, like, hey, would you like, sometimes I have stickers, books, are you interested? Sometimes we don't want free stuff. But I will also tell people, hey, you have 30 seconds, I'm not going to waste your time. That's a promise. 30 seconds? 30 then uh, it'll be like, oh, no, sorry, it's been 30 seconds. I need you to go. And, no, what do you uh, – I mean, it's kind of that, that playful – just being so sure of what it is you're delivering that you're okay. Like, I am – I'm gifting you something. So it, my uh, – as I mentioned, my ego before, but even my, my self-esteem takes a much lesser hit now from these no's. Yeah. Because I feel like what I'm trying to give you, what I'm trying to show you is a gift. It's It's help. It's – it's love, it's laughter, it's, it's a lot of good things. So if by chance you just kind of walk away, it's more like, whoops, you're lost, you know, and, I, and that certainly helps. So if I'm at a booth, folks are walking by, everyone gets the same kind of energy from me. Uh, and I, I treat folks like, obviously if there's a couple folks around, I want those people to meet each other. And because then it's just not me. I, I say, hey, I don't, I don't believe in talking to strangers. So hey, you are, you're, you're Tom, you're Jeff, Jeff, Tom, meet each other. Okay, cool, now we're all here together. Now Jeff and Tom, they can't leave. Now they know each other. Now they're both here talking to me until uh -huh. I'm done. Uh, so that is that that is certainly my approach. I feel like enterprise, it set me up in a good way. I feel like a lot of folks don't want to work hard either. I didn't really. That's, yeah, it is hard work. It's, it's hard work. It's man. hard work. But it, like as you mentioned, though, it kind of you learn how to run a business there. Mm -hmm. Like you're looking at spreadsheets, you know, your bad debt. Do, do, you're like you're looking through a lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally look at. Or if you took accounting class, now you're like, oh no, this is this is real dollars and cents here. Yeah, but it was oh, man, enterprise was tough. Uh, but it it was what it was. It's a great company for some, for lifers. Uh, but it, <laughs> <laughs> use but, an in, inside enterprise now. Inside <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it run its course for me. I'm thank you, Enterprise. Great experience. No, no, for sure. It's definitely like it's it's definitely a force of nature to be within and to really become self sufficient. Even if it's Yo. not with the company, it forces you to be self sufficient outside. Absolutely. Just man, for folks who don't know, and maybe this makes them a little bit more sensitive. 
like to how we feel at Enterprise or in a rental car company when you've made it when customers made a reservation a week ahead of time and they get in the rental car and they, wait, 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 wait. They get to the, the rental car company and there are no cars in the parking lot. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd almost rather quit my job <laughs> than to tell this kind person, like, what? Yeah, but there's a logical, illogical explanation for this. We were sitting fat, you know. We were, <laughs> we were, sitting, we were fat. sitting fat. Gave some cars way over here. Got, <laughs> now we're tight. We're about like ninety eight percent, baby. It's gonna like what? What does that mean? Why do yeah. I care about this? <laughs> we're nerding out on enterprise. It's hilarious. Sorry, this is crazy. I haven't been able to do this for a long time. <laughs> How will you hook someone? So if people are just walking by, you said only like or just thirty seconds of your time. Like, what is your, what is your pitch? How do you get them to stick? Right. So, uh, obviously I always, you know, my, the, I mentioned the books and then the stickers, they, all, I, I have stickers that say something that means something. So before it huh. was, uh, you know, my, am I too sexy stickers that they would immediately see, or if I have just, if I just print out 10 shirts, usually it's more than that. But if I have 10 shirts that have, am I too sexy written on them or you're good, you're great, you're worth it. Or I see someone reading my shirt because if I'm at an event that's, uh, even if it's more business casual, I may have on some jeans, a suit jacket or a sports jacket, and then you're good, you're great, you're worth it on, under it. So I see people reading it. People get handbutt to read them like, yeah, we like the shirt, find out how to get one. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, anything okay. just kind of for someone to pause. Once they pause, you have them. You just have to decide if you're going to close. And when I say close, just close them into being in your space. Like that's it. And being ready. So if, mm. if my hands are empty and someone walks by, you know, and I'm, I get them to pause, but I'm like, oh, hold on one second. Well, now I, I may have lost them. Someone else might be there that grabs them. It's like, hey, boom. Like, I have something here for you right now. And they decide to grab it. And I'm kind of, ah, you know, whatever. Uh -huh. Maybe I'm, you know, kind of being playful. But now they're kind of, come on, just come, 30 seconds. You're not going to do anything but be bored for the next 60 seconds. Anyway, give me 30 of them. Like, and just being very, it's, it's interesting what confidence can do. Hmm. Uh, and again, it's something that I, I work on daily, but we could talk about, you know, our commander in chief and, and how Trump presents himself for however you feel about that dude. However, anybody feels about that dude, his confidence is almost unwavering. Mm -hmm. If the dude is ever shook, I wouldn't really know his, his, the, the way his, uh, his mannerisms, his facial expressions, it's all the same. You know, you really can't read him. And for some reason, folks are either in love with it or they loathe it, but they stay tuned into it. They're affected by it. Absolutely. Positive or negative. Positive or negative. Yep. You can go to Floyd Mayweather. You can talk about Muhammad Ali, um, even Tom Brady, who I despise, or any <laughs> athlete, <laughs> like any major figures out there. It's like, it's just the way they carry themselves that have people tuned in. You Stand know, up is like 80% confidence. Period, man. It's the presentation. It's how you're saying it as opposed to really what you're saying. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And uh, so, again, just paying attention to even the folks, again, that I don't particularly care for. Uh, and that is also something that we can learn in life, whether it's in work or as we watch people on television or, as I mentioned, you know, the, the president in this particular case. However you feel about people, you can learn something from them. And if all things are falling around, uh, falling apart around you, if you're still willing to stand tall, walk into a room as if you own it, hmm. people will then begin to believe that you, in fact, own it. You That's said you it. work on confidence daily. What does that look like? Uh, 
small things. Even the uh, my interaction with strangers. I feel like if you meet eye contact with someone, you should certainly greet them. You should say something. Otherwise, it's awkward anyway. Like we see each other, just speaking to someone, seeing someone, having them acknowledge your presence, um, giving uh, random compliments that I believe are true. So if I'm like, oh, man, I love this shirt. Oh, man, thank you. Like, boom. That just did something for you and me. Like, I've seen you. I've used my voice. Someone heard me. Uh, there are folks that don't use their voice on a daily basis, and I feel like that affects their confidence. They don't speak up as if they should be seen or heard. So it's even when I'm talking to someone or introducing myself to someone, I say my name like they should know me. Mm. It doesn't become some kind of secret. People can go to a conference or people can go to a concert. They can go to uh, not just a concert, but they can go to a sporting event. They can scream loud, go bananas, go crazy for a complete stranger. If that stranger hopped off the stage and introduced themselves, then they'd be like, my name is Stan. Like they would then, as though it was like, what? You were just screaming for this person you never met a day in your life. And now the first gift you were ever given that was your name next to life. You're shy about that? You can't say that? Yeah. So again, just being comfortable and in introducing yourself, you know, standing tall, walking tall. And that's kind of what, you know, my salsa program, you know, I do a bit in that is discuss how we carry ourselves, how we present ourselves, how we speak. And those are just really small things that help affect your confidence on a daily basis that people don't practice regularly. Oh, so like physical, like actual physical, physical practice. Actual physical practice, doing things, walking, talking, speaking, greeting, small things hmm. uh, that folks don't often pay attention to, but that you feel in yourself. Or to make someone else feel better will lift one's confidence. If you give someone a compliment, and they smile, they say thank you, like, ah, okay, I, I helped them today. That's a, that's, you, you gave an assist. Yeah. And uh, I feel like if we, if we saw each other more, just in general, uh, we'd create a better world anyway, or country anyway. Do you do also, like, words of affirmation and things like that on, like, the personal development side? Absolutely. So even in, in, in our bathrooms, we always have uh, some kind of quotes. Now, there's the Am I Too Sexy or Find You're Sexy in some random places. I have stickers on my water bottle. That, uh, it's, like, it's everywhere. It's ever Actually, yeah, it's kind of cultish. No, but uh, <laughs> in a good way. In a good, healthy way. No, but, good, uh, healthy, and good healthy, cult and non Kool-Aid way. Good, healthy, and non Kool-Aid way, right? Yes, yes, uh, yes. On my water bottle, you know, my, uh -huh. you know, you're good, you're great, you're worth it. It's on there, uh, in our place. Just kind of subtle reminders of who we're trying to be, because we're never going to be perfect. But just this notion of all right, let's always just be trying to be better. So even in the face of the storm and difficult stuff or difficult things that you experience, there's like subtle reminders of like, okay, all right, this is what I'm doing it for. Mm -hmm. This is my end goal. This is who I want to be. What are some techniques you have for overcoming those low times? Because I, I was very, what I do love in just thinking about the, the highs and lows of life is, I mean, it's kind of like a trampoline in that, like the lower the low, the higher the highs. Yeah, for sure. But, and I just kind of went through a low, just of like self-doubt and like kind of a, the momentum was ceasing, you know, and it's like, why not this <laughs> and me and whatever, like all that everybody goes through Heck what yeah. are what are some like techniques you use to maybe make that not a week but maybe even just like it becomes just an hour or just a passing thought even right so i i definitely i i dedicate probably 10 to 15 minutes a day to positive and funny content oh, whether okay. it be on obviously social media or youtube i, I just make time to help me laugh or mm. to think uh, those are definitely two things uh, that i do 
I'd say those are probably the, the biggest two things that I do. And my, my circle is I've done better at creating a positive circle. I feel like that has lessened my lows. And when I do experience lows, they don't last as long because the support system, not just family, but, you know, good friends, small circle of friends uh, that are able to lift me up whether they know something's wrong or not. Hmm. But it's like being active in, in seeking that out. It's being really active and purposeful in seeing someone that could teach me, whether it be on social media or in real life, that I come across, I'm like, this is good. Like, let's, let's like, it, when we meet or when you came to, you know, Bon Glaze, like, this is good. Let's, <laughs> let's, <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as we met, I was like, it's been too long, been, man. Been too, we didn't even know each other. I was like, long. yo, man, it's been too long. Been too long. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's, it's like the bad thing. Like, so bad things are going to happen, right? Uh -huh. I feel like we, we give bad things like a, a clear path landing, you know, a clear landing path. We let bad things live around us, with us. No questions asked. Like, it just gets to take up real estate. But when good things come in, you know, we go, uh, I don't know, uh, is this for me? Whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But trying to do better about, like, this is good. Let, let, let me engage that. Let me reach out. Let me, you know, check on folks. Uh, and one day they'll check up on me, you know, that kind of stuff I feel like is, those are really some easy techniques. Clearly, you know, there are people out there, they're, you know, the motivational speakers or content creators who are positive, who are good. I, I seek those things out, but I'm very purposeful uh, in that. And then, again, I mentioned in the book, the one that I just, uh, or the one thing, but it also, it spills into uh, not just professional life but personal life and focusing on that one thing that's most important mm. it's family it's a wife loved one like that one thing and when you feed that one thing it blossoms more uh so even as the, the lows happen uh you're able to cope a little bit better you know because it's still stuff still hurts but you still have to create a way to to cope how do i uh get back to something that I enjoy. I love being at the gym, you know, playing basketball or hanging out. I do that a lot sometimes too much, but I, I got to do that. Mm -hmm. That that helps me get back to what makes me me is going to the movies. You got to do that. You got to get back to what makes you you. Most of the time we completely recluse and we forget what makes us us. And then we just we're lost. Yeah. And it's like what you focus on expands. So for sure, even in thinking of your diet and even just health in general, it, one thing is maybe diet and exercise, like what you're eating, but it's also what you're consuming from a content perspective as well. Yo. That can really drive it's kind of your Yo. emotions. But I'll if I'm in a low, please. If I, if I may resent the motivational people because I'm oh, like, oh yeah, I go, you just go to that headspace. It's so strange. So Man, it's having that shut one up. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had people unfollow me. Mm. And then later hit me up like and they told me, Stan, you were just too motivational, man. Like it's interesting. It was weird. I'm like, yeah. what? Like I go so uh, in that in that vein that you're speaking of. I, I try to be more realistic, so still be uplifting. But I want folks to know me. Now, folks will never know, or till this day, don't know my highest of highs outside. Obviously, you know, having my wife and expecting a, a bambino. Like outside hey. of that. Thank you, man. Congrats, like, yeah. Thank you very much. They don't know my highs of highs. They don't know my lows of lows. But they do know that I'm, I'm a real person. So even in the midst of chaos, here's this little thing. Like, I know that this is good. I know life isn't perfect. But I do think that's now important to 
not just be like, hey, everything's great. Ah, da, da, da. Like, that, right. that's just not me anyway. Like, I'm, I'm positive, but, but I'm, a, I'm a realist. I don't necessarily want to punch people in the teeth with, you can do it nonstop because mm-hmm. life is happening, dude. And for me, it's just important that uh, we all either come up together or have the ability to do so. How does organization play into your overall, maybe not overall happiness, but maybe overall productivity? You mentioned allotting 10 to 15 minutes a day for positive content. How, how structured is your day? Man, it's not at all. That's why I'm reading the book, The One Thing. Fascinating. That's why. I, I thought the, I would have think the exact opposite. That's interesting. I, I've had these ebbs and flows of like where I'm ultra focused. Everything is right. On, you know, the schedule is on. And then there's mm-hmm. because I have so many ideas or I feel like I can do all these things. I try to give time to all these things. But it's truly is a testament to what you mentioned earlier. You know, if you can't do one thing if you're focused on two things. Or you can't finish one thing if you're focused on two things. Uh, but now... Again, like even small tasks, like it was like once I started the dishes, I'm finishing the dishes, period, because it's that one thing. Mm. If it's taking this out, like it's that one thing. Or if it's like, all right, start this, uh, this, uh, this blog post on LinkedIn, I'm finishing this before I get up. And that has been much more beneficial. And it, it creates peace hmm. to get up, to make the bed, make sure everyone ate, boom, we're out the door. Like that's just that's a start to the day, but that's just a good start of making sure that this is done. Bing, boom, like now I'm in rhythm. Uh, so that is, it's really important to me, not just that I do that from time to time, but that every day there's an amount, of, or there's, a, uh, there's a certain schedule, or I hate the word schedule, there's a rhythm you know, to the day. So if it's uh, making sure, boom, there's orange juice, there's coffee, there's food, bed's made, favorite song is playing, whatever it is of that day, all right, the rhythm is going. Uh, and for folks that may be like, yo, I can't set a list of eight things to knock out the day then, maybe just your morning rhythm, your morning ritual, what is that? Like have that and then let that create your momentum for the rest of the day. Like mm-hmm. you, you have that thing and then move from there. What is that thing for you? For me, again, I like, uh, I like to make sure that, you know, we're both up or whenever I roll up or get up. Uh, same time every day or same time every day. I'm trying, I need to get earlier though. What do you, especially what you... at, no, now we're probably up at seven. Oh, okay. That's I have some friends that are up at five. Uh, yeah, they're up at five and they're, they're rocking it. Sleep is important though. Sleep is important. Sleep is an, it's an <laughs> underestimated asset. <laughs> oh man. It's you, you can't, you can't, which means I have to go to bed earlier, which yep. I'm not great at doing. Uh, I, I don't like napping. I don't like going to sleep. I feel like I'm going to miss something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but now I understand, obviously, with a little one on the way that, yeah, sleep is going to be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah so up gonna, at seven. Yeah. And so then up at seven, uh, obviously getting ready, making sure that, you know, we're eating our orange juice, maybe coffee if we want that for the day and making the bed. Like that is kind of what's been on my list, like early on to begin my rhythm. After that, checking emails you know, returning calls, uh, making some kind of post on all social media avenues just so folks know, hey, whether it's good morning, get up, go do it, boom, or something uh, funny or something that I've been sitting on or a video or some content that I need to push out there, that is generally how my day starts. I usually listen to something that, uh, some music that I love or like or something too, just to get my rhythm right for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those micro accomplishments, kind of like that task completion, really puts a positive charge into the day. It, I, I, I do, and I feel like most folks do not, don't do that much, and that's not very much. So I'm not the, 
the guru in knocking things out. But I know that most folks I talk to don't do that or mm. don't want to wake up to their favorite song. Like that, if, if you're not a morning person or you think you're not, that would be something great to do. Or maybe not being a morning person has something to do with uh, staying up until 3 a.m. and then having to wake up at 7. I don't know, maybe, yep. you know? So just, mm-hmm. but being real with yourself and be like, oh, this is why. I think that's really important to engage and understand. You make to-do lists every day, you do that? No, not every day. Okay. Not every day. Uh, and again, just been thinking about more about the to-do list not being as important as, uh, again, reading this and trying to understand like success lists, like just to-dos, but understanding and ranking them to help me be successful. So like, okay, all the, these 10 things could be done, but if I finish number 10, but number one was the most important, I'm, I'm that guy that would probably do number 10, number nine, number eight, one through seven were most important. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, but I still did it. I, I still, still did the dishes. <laughs> right, right. right. Like, yeah, but did you return that call? Did I'm, you email Oh, like, no. But, babe, I did, did you see the dishes? The garbage got taken out. I'm right. on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the contract. The yep. contract. I did forget the contract, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so working on that, because I think that is keeping me from leveling up, as I like to call it. And things are moving. But I mean, like, leveling up leveling up the way that I want to. That is what's keeping it from happening. Like really going, all right, let's do it. Yeah, you can go through, like you said, you can go through spurts where you're like, oh, I'm I'm moving, I'm humming along. And then like the next week, it's just it's like the exact opposite. The exact opposite. But I guess it's focusing on that one thing that'll just help thing. you just the average, it'll average out. Right. And I, and I really feel like it just continuing to think about the one thing. You know, as I started the book or even continuously saying that as I'm kind of thinking about, oh, I'm checking out this new book called The One Thing. Like that's really helping me already. Like, okay, there's that one thing that I need to focus on. And there's a bunch of great ideas going on. Just like if I would just commit to that one thing, that could open the doors to everything else. Mm. Uh, So that's where I am now. Like, all right, the one thing. All right, let me do that. That will open up doors to everything else. Do you know what the one thing is yet? Man, for, for me, uh, speaking, honestly. Okay. I think that that could be what opens the doors up to everything else. It's what I'm, it's what I'm best at, what I'm most comfortable with. And that, that's where I have the most headwind right now. You know, the, yeah. the most support, the most, like folks know me for that more than anything else. And I think that if I really attack it the way that I should and could, uh, then the, the doors of everything else will open, you know, whether it's uh, continuing to do more comedy, more acting, uh, filming, that stuff is going to happen as a result of them knowing, yo, that the speaker dude, the salsa guy, yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And now being cool with that. Like, as long as you know me, know who I am, that's cool. Call me whatever. Just call me with a check. That's fine. I don't mind, right? So, uh Sauce guy's kind of like, okay, all right, great. Or, oh, yeah, my too sexy dude. Like, I, I see that, I hear that, and that's just a testament to if one day I'm able to, you know, build, you know, these companies or this company into something, you know, to leave it to my son and my kid, it's not necessarily my name. It's just like the, you know, the, the hot breath. You know, if you mm-hmm. once someone decides, like, this is dope, can I buy it from you for $10 million? You're like, hell yeah, yeah. you can. <laughs> right? It's like, it's not Joe Byers. It's like, yo, it's... They took your company and now it's, you know, it's multiplied. Yeah. And so the, uh, I don't always remember 
the creator owner of Nike, you know, or, or Alibaba or whatever, but is it important to know what their name is? They know what their name is and they're quite comfortable, you know, financially. So being okay with that and moving. So you're thinking in terms of like a, a Nike, like you want to be at that level. Yeah, I, I think it's there. I think it's there. And so for me, that level would be, let's say, in the speaking industry or that okay. realm, would be, again, a, a Zig Ziglar, a Tony Robbins. Uh, and I don't have a, a huge desire to uh, go do the way that Tony Robbins does, but I think that I can connect with people in that way, uh, in a fun, moving, realistic way where it's, I just don't want to make people feel good. Like, I think motivational speaking is dope, and people say that. But I want to give people tools to help themselves change along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, so in that realm, yeah, like, big picture, like, there's stadiums full of people that I'm on stage in front of and with wow. and, and multiply that. That's Ultimately, that's what I see. Yeah, this that's is going to be one of those interviews where people are going to look back on it. And they're going to be like, yo, that's what he said. It. He said it was going to happen. <laughs> that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm really hoping for. Sometimes people, like in my, my wife or my family, they see it more. And it took me believing kind of in their vision. Like I feel like, you know, you feel like you have the talent for something. Yeah. But sometimes people see things in a light bigger than you saw them. Oh, like my, yeah. Just think, in thinking of like the power of your wife. I mean, if, if it's anything like my wife, it's, it's the X factor. Yeah, she is the X factor in everything I do. Yeah, and not, and she's willing to. Uh, I'll, I'll use the word check me, but like, uh -huh. to, you know, to I'll use that me. for mine. She'll <laughs> check me. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Like she's willing to be like, hey, you sure this is a good idea? Or I mean, in, in places where folks would just be willing to go along with whatever it is, or like, yeah, go ahead, yeah, that, yeah, do that, or mm -hmm. say that. Or it's uh, she's really able to be on my shoulder, like, nah, this isn't what's best. For, and while I'm sure she understands it, what's What's best for me is what's best for us, but I think she understands uh, what it is I want to do and who I want to be, and that what that's what makes it more powerful too. Because it's like, all right, she knows that for me, this isn't good. Now we all benefit, but as, from a career standpoint, it's like this is what's going to be best for you. you now, which which certainly helps. Yeah, it's 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 game changing, really. Does are you work? Does she have a day job? Or are you all working on this together? No, she has a day job. Okay. She is a legal navigator for um, uh, AVLF. It's Atlanta Volunteers Lawyers Foundation, and there they provide pro bono legal help for oh, uh, for folks in Atlanta. It's one of the only programs in the country. Whoa! So it's yeah, it's awesome, and what they do is incredible. You know, for those who are you know dealing in housing with housing issues or you know domestic issues. So that is, she's an angel, wow. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Uh, and then when she's, you know, in her free time, she kind of navigates some things for me and is uh, in helping me kind of build and grow. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah is is so the long-term goal, like, this, this Pearson project, is it's a family operation? I would like it to be, man. Uh -huh. yeah, I would really, really like it to be. To the point where either, whether it's, you know, if I want her to do whatever makes her happy. You know what I'm saying? Whatever she enjoys doing. I want her to be able to do that. But ultimately, it would be super cool, you know, for, you know, uh, her to still be able to do pieces of that or to do that, but then her be the go-to. So I have an event called Confidence Con that we're putting together. And uh, it's uh, it, obviously it's me putting it together, but it's uh, her. She's the go-to. Like, yo, talk to her. So then I don't have to be the oh. delivering the good news, the bad news, whatever news. It's kind of her as the executive director who is – 
kind of making sure things roll the way they should. And what is that? All right, so ConfidenceCon is a place where, it is an, an event where we teach people how to build their self-esteem and confidence, you know, from the ground up. So we did our first one uh, in January, and it was great. We had, I want to say we had six or seven speakers come in from different backgrounds, one of which played in the WNBA, uh, another who's a, an NFL quarterback developer, uh, a, a fitness coach, uh, and um, someone that has their, um, a, a makeup line and, and discusses body image and, and physical appearance image and self-esteem. So brought some folks in and discuss and talk with the group. You know, they just kind of, they were set up on, you know, kind of like in, by the hour, came in, boom, and then between every hour, folks were able to journal. So I had journals for everyone at church for everyone. So they were That's able to great. actually kind of write who it was they were wanting to be. So there's a lot of leadership conferences out there. And yes, there's certainly leadership components, but this, I feel like you can't really be a great leader if you're not confident in your skills. Like even if you have them, you know, how are you going to use them if you don't have the, you know, the confidence mm. to move them, to develop them? So Confidence Con is, uh, is an event that helps us just kind of build our self-esteem and confidence because with so much going on, I feel like that's the core, the root of the issues. Is the people's confidence. Yeah. And yeah. how long you've been working with people, that seems to be like the one like universal. That's the one thing. I mean, huh. is that talk, heck, what brings me to do what I do today? Like I was always, I, was, I felt like I was always a, a good kid. You know, I always got along with people. Uh, so I didn't have the, the issue of, you know, growing, even when I have interviews sometimes like, so did you grow up in poverty in the ghetto? You're from Chicago. So what, that wasn't really my issue. And I always almost found that, folks may have been disappointed, you know, mm -hmm. by that, that it wasn't, you know, that kind of rags to riches story for me personally. Uh, but, you know, for a long time, it was, you know, I wasn't black enough for my black friends. And I was mm -hmm. too black for my white friends. Cuando aprendí español, I always tell people when I learned Spanish, it was like, I wasn't proud of who I was. And that piece ultimately came down to my self-esteem and confidence, how I felt about me. Do I understand there's socioeconomic differences out there, that there are racial disparities and racism out there, hell yeah. But ultimately, how I felt about me, it was my confidence and self-esteem. And I found that everyone, most everyone, struggles with that at some point in time, and they don't know how to get out. So if we're talking about, unfortunately, you know, suicide or bullying or violent acts, you know, people talk about bully prevention, but I feel like we just have to make each other stronger. We have to make our, 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 our kids stronger. Bullies are always going to exist. Where someone feels weak, someone other, some other person is going to feel strong. And if they're empowered in the wrong way, they're going to take advantage of the person that feels weak. Mm. So it's about, you know, building you up, being willing to stand up for yourself. And standing up for yourself doesn't mean you're trying to be a tough guy or a tough girl. It just means you're letting an, one human being know that you too are a human being. And I don't have to be about that life to let you know that I can be. Uh, and being willing to say that by itself, I feel like lets people know, like, okay, all right, they're, they're, they're all right. So it's something for guys, it, being a, a man, it's like a, letting a bull know that you too are a bull and not a cow. And those are really small things that let folks know that, oh, they mean business too, and then they move on. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. So that's yeah, that's, that's, that's that's my baby of all babies right now. That's okay. next to the other baby, but yeah, uh, <laughs> next yeah, to the real baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's the, I, that's what I see being that event that brings people from near and very far, and like go to confidence con. Like we just we build each other up. We find out what's broken in us, kind of put some of the pieces back together, mm -hmm. figure it out, work it out, and then we go. It's a it's a weekend. It's uh, this. This year it's October 25th through October 27th, so a, a short weekend. Oh, so you did you say you did it in January as well? Yeah, we did it this past January. Past this January. is the first so you're doing one. Two in a year. Yeah, two wow. in a year. Like okay. this one, kind of that one was kind of like, all right, let's see how we're gonna work this. And now we decided like, all right, so in October, let's knock this thing out. Okay. Right. Yeah. So October 25th through the 27th, and uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, well, if you need a speaker that has no experience hey. besides stand-up. <laughs> you know what? I'm like, I want to break into this world I have no experience in. How do you start a new career? You need some experience for some experience to get the experience to get the job? <laughs> well, when you're talking about, like, focusing on, like, your skills and how they can translate everywhere, like, I feel like doing stand-up for so long has taught me at least public speaking tips and tricks and Heck yeah. that I think can translate into the corporate world and like you're using humor I think having humor as kind of that x factor beyond just some dude in a suit who can do a powerpoint period you know period that's I mean yes a powerpoint's necessary absolutely but we just can't depend on them too many folks depend on them I don't want the I don't want to be able to be replaceable so I've, I've seen folks present and they have, you know, 30 slides uh, and, uh, and they are reading directly from the slide. We can replace you. Mm -hmm. Someone, we can come in and have someone read that also. Why do I need you? Uh, and so I also want to make sure that, all right, if, if there are slides, yeah, they're there, but I'm not depending on, this is just here for decoration. Like, I'm the tree, here's a couple ornaments. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, all right. it, and that's it. Uh, and I, I feel like, that is something that's really important to uh, uh, for people to pay attention to. And, and also from a confidence standpoint, this is advice I would give to someone that's looking to build it. I always tell folks, number one, like outside of the obvious, make a place your cheers. Like, dun -dun 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 -dun, like that cheers, right? Like a place that you go to regularly. They know your name. You know their name. You talk to the people. I think that is something where you go, oh, now they, oh, they know me here. Then you might invite a friend there. So then you know the boy, hey, Jim, it's me. Oh, what's going on? Like, then you just create that understanding, okay, I can do this. And then you, you work on that little skill set, you're networking. Then you, the person at the bar, sitting down in the bar that happens to be there, who's, who's that person sitting down there? Oh, that's Jim. Uh, that happens regularly. Interesting. Uh, and so from then, you take your skills that you've honed in your cheers, you take them outside work on them, speak to strangers, talk a little bit more, just anything to make sure you're using your voice. If you don't use your voice, I think that you sometimes become resentful, a little shy, again, a little recluse. You know, no, no one wants to lose their voice. No one wants to live alone. People say they do, but they don't mean it. Like no person wants to live and be alone. They just feel like they have to. Hmm. That's it. So in taking a selfish turn here, you're, you're giving people such great advice. I would like to steer this towards me personally. Thank you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, people have suffered with confidence. Well, let me be confident and ask them for a selfish question. But if I'm, ding, if, ding, I'm ding. Looking to, if I'm looking to make that transition, what kind of advice do you have to kind of get into that? And my, my, I can take Speaking, my yeah. idea. Please. And then you can tell me the right idea. No problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So my idea is to start helping companies with their like the importance of public speaking and how it how it can empower not only them in the presentation but also the environment of the work environment in general because i feel like if you're better at public speaking you're going to be more confident not only in front of people standing but also as you interact with your other employees right. with the long-term goal that that can help alleviate the retention issue that is right. plaguing companies For right sure. now yep it's the environment you're helping build relationships within the company yes so now All tell right. me what i should do all right. I, uh, <laughs> I just thought like the three C's or, or C cube, mm -hmm. uh, either uh, cultivating company culture or uh, creating company company culture. Like, so if there's if someone asks you, so what do you do specifically? Like, oh, I help people create company culture. Uh, so it's it's the three C's, you know, cultivating company culture through Boom. comedy. Yeah. Boom. Could be the four C's. Yes. Or three C's and then yeah, just three C's. And then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sure advice and then cut you off. I'm I'm sorry. Keep thanks going. a lot. Yeah, this I'm is sorry. why. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, dude. Keep going. No, but I, I like that because that is the piece that differentiates you from everyone else. Like, how do you do that? Because that will be the next question they ask. Okay. So how, how do you create company culture? How do you cultivate company culture? Boom. Through comedy. But Obviously, they uh, then they will understand that there's some comedic elements, and that is what I'm the most. Th there's some really successful speakers out there, uh, but it's still uh, it's still frustrating for some meeting planners because they'd like something a little bit different. They would like some humor. They would like some more energy. Again, some purposeful mm -hmm. energy. So even when they're marketing to their group, they can let their group know this is going to be a good time. You know, so then more people will come anyway. So if if someone brings me in or you in without that being the title, they come. They get to laugh. That's great. I didn't know I was going to be laughing. And people know they're going to be laughing ahead of time. Like more people may come anyway. So that's why I even changed my uh, title to Motivational Comedian. Yeah, I, I thought that was very, yes. Yeah. Just how you brand yourself is just so precise and thought out. Right. So, I mean, I, I would advise the same for a friend or someone I don't like that happens to be hearing this wherever, whoever you are, I don't know. Right. We but don't I like you, <laughs> right. We don't like you, but advice. go ahead. Right. So I would say that the same thing, like, you know, in terms, because most people will see the comedian part and they'll know, Oh, this is going to be pretty good. And completely forget the meeting planner knows everyone else involved knows that, Oh, okay. It's motivational comedy or it's motivational, but the people that are going to be, uh, there, We'll see the comedian piece. But anyway, so I would say, uh, yeah, cultivate, cultivate, cultivating or creating company culture through comedy. So I could even picture a slash and then through comedy being in cursive writing or something like that, you know, after the, you know, the block letters or however you uh, center those letters. Uh, and that becomes the, the piece that uh, makes you different than anyone else who's just out there doing consulting. So maybe there are folks that, that there has there should be humor. Now it doesn't mean that everything is laughable at work, but that it's a comfortable work environment that people enjoy going. So the comedy is not just about making people laugh or keel over. It's about making people be comfortable. Because ultimately, that's what comedy is. Sometimes making people feel uncomfortable and getting comfortable, you know, with that discomfort. So whether it's someone that you know is working someplace they don't want to work, people still want to be somewhere where they enjoy the environment. And that's what you're teaching them to do. Like, how do I teach people how to enjoy their work environment regardless of where they work? Yeah. You know, maybe that is, you know, the tagline. 
So it's not helping people with public speaking. It's the overall culture. Doing the, 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 the overall, the overall culture. Oh. See, and then, I mean, there, there's one of two ways. There are a lot of folks out there who are teaching people about public speaking. Uh, this uh, could be one of your bullets. Like, so what? What does that entail? You know what I'm saying? What is you know you creating company? What does that entail? Well. Improving communication between, you know, supervisors, managers, and employees. It's about, you know, um, public speaking, how to say, when to say it, how to say it. That becomes a part of, inside of the umbrella of uh, you creating the company culture. So it becomes like, oh, wow, so this is the umbrella. And then you provide bing, 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 bing inside of that. Nice. Like there are four or five key things that he's going to discuss while he's here with us. Then that maybe creates some more longevity. Maybe they they want to commit to you know two out of the five, three out of the five, heck five out of the five, or they say, oh, you know what, we we just need this piece, the, the the public speaking piece. But again, being purposeful and not just you know, all right, so public speaking, but it's you know how to communicate, when to communicate, and what to communicate. That part of the the public speaking piece, because you're going to be in meetings, one on one, one on the whatever it is, but you want to be able to effectively how, when, and what to say and how to deliver that message, whether it be to your boss or to your employees. Like that uh, is, is going to be different than what everyone else is doing. And it was the humor piece that got you in the door. It was the thing that differentiated you from everyone else. How do you, how do you get into the door? Okay. So we obviously discussed uh, the book getting in the door. Oh, right. Yeah, the, the, using the book, but all right, so now who, how do we reach out to them? So being in Atlanta where we are, there are a number of conventions like that take place here. I'd say obviously there's here, LA, Las Vegas, major Chicago. I mean, there are major cities that have events all the time, but Atlanta happens to be a hub. And there are event planners. Sometimes uh, hotels help, but there may just be lists that you can invest in. Uh, or there are, if you said, uh, summer expos in Atlanta, whatever, right? Uh, and check those out, and then there would be vendor lists, or there would be obviously the name of the events, because that is honestly what my next thing to do. The other thing that I'm uh, going to talk to you about is just um, I'm not going to mention on this podcast, because I think it's a pretty dope idea that I want to uh, follow up on, but I'm not just going to give it hey, to you all, because I might not like it. Just part one, kids. <laughs> I'm going to give away all the juice. Yeah, right? But but certainly the, the, the vendor piece is really, really important, because then instead of you know, doing uh, $700 mail or whatever, $200 mail or whatever it is, maybe you're able to spend that same amount and then actually meet people. That's probably going to be the biggest return, right? That's that's always been my best ret- my best return. Uh-huh. I've not done a mail out in, heck, nearly 10 years. I, I think I did a mail out of like 2,000 brochures. I think I ended up booking eight days. I mean, it, it, it was great for then, but I just haven't done one since then really. Uh, and I'm, I may get back to it just so I can hit people from another angle. Uh, but have, you, have you booked anything from LinkedIn? Or is that all just more just like just like a glamour or whatever? Once. Just one? Just once. Okay. You're the second person to tell me they've only had one through just LinkedIn. Just one. Okay. And I've used the premium thing. Now I'm not doing the premium thing right now. I may get back to it. But just one. But I feel like there's some seeds there that are planted. And I'm trying to be honest with myself about the content that I've created for LinkedIn. Like, have I created the right content uh, for people to recognize it? So now I'm doing better at like, you no know, blogging once every couple of weeks uh, that might be beneficial to someone because I'm just, I'm already thinking that, okay, somebody's watching. 
So I'm not going to say, hey, book me is off. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to add this great content, and hopefully someone will see it. It's like a credibility piece, probably. Okay, he, <laughs> he, he turned that stone. Right. He's, he's there as well, so he's paying attention to everything. For sure. He's be a credibility For sure. That, that's, that's no, there, there are people that are, are finding me more on LinkedIn than I'm finding them. So I guess that's also good news. You yeah. Know, folks are maybe catching the blog or something, the, the article that I'm writing and then seeing it. But much like everything else, trying to be more consistent and like, all right, is it once a week I'm knocking one out? You know, once every day, that'd be tough. Mm -hmm. I, I just know me. Just so I start to jump higher, you know, on that list of activity on LinkedIn. So going back to the expos, it's, rec it's like Googling summer expos in Atlanta. And then... Yes. Right, right, right. Googling expos in uh, summer. Heck, even I uh, was thinking about, I ended up not doing it, but um, bridal shows huh. uh, from a, a hosting standpoint. Yeah, yeah, because event hosting is another thing I wanted to, because yeah, I've been sure. hosting you know, right. my show alone for almost seven years. Of course, so that's a ton of experience in hosting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and which could translate to the corporate world too. Of course, yes, yeah. Huh. So a guy by the name, heck, I'll say it. His name is James Malinchek. So a, a few years, he and I, uh, I went to, he has a, a speaker event. Uh, and while, I mean, when I first started speaking, there's a guy named Jonathan Sprinkles that told me, yo, check out James. I went to James's thing. Anyway, we're having a talk, and I mentioned to him comedy at the time. He, go, he goes, Stan, you know, you don't, you don't want to do that. <laughs> in terms of like you don't want to like no no, no the, like the, sounds hoping not saying whether I should I think he'd say this anyway to anyone on stage right he'd say he was like you don't want to be in comedy clubs every night for mm. twenty five bucks you know until three a.m. you don't want to do that at the time I wasn't doing it that much I'm like of course I want to be all my friends are there we laughed I were joking like yeah. but he was like yo you don't want to do that he was like what you want to do is you want to find some awesome some awesome events. You want to host those events and get paid a few grand to be there. Yes. That's what you want to do. Yes. And it was like, but at the time I was in this, but no, the respect. I want to, my pe you know, what I'm I want to, I want folks to know me. It's like, is that nearly important? Like there, it's important. But if you're providing great life and then you, if the end goal is here and that too can get you there. And then those folks that you'd be hanging out at night, would, you'd end up hanging out with anyway. And some, you know what I'm saying? Isn't that the goal? Uh, so again, that is, the event hosting piece of that at that point turned my mind into a different direction. Like there is people want that. Like people are having, whether it's colleges that are having, you know, step shows or homecoming talent shows that need a host that want like a professional feel. They don't want their students necessarily hosting. They want to bring in a pro uh, or any type of awards event or small event or a, or a wedding. Like the person that's doing all the announcing, they don't want their cousin doing it. Maybe they don't want the DJ doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, the DJ, let the DJ do what the DJ does. Like, ah, but are people going to want to pay for that? People, it's a, weddings are a billion dollar industry. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not even looking for the folks who might not want to do it. Maybe I'm not looking for the folks who are like, ah, my wedding budget's kind of small. Maybe that's not what I want. Maybe I want the people that want to spend 200 grand on a wedding or 20 grand on a, or 50 grand on a, maybe it's those folks because then they're willing to be like, they had a host. Yeah. They had a professional MC do their wedding. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what you're looking for because it's the, the simple notion of, you know, money never has a problem finding money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> money never has a problem finding money. It's, uh, you know, so it's, uh -huh. if you drive around, you know, this area, Brooklyn, it's like, 
any areas. Like they're, they're building everywhere. I thought there was still a recession. I thought people were still broke, but they're like, what? Yeah. People are still building. Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe it's that that I'm looking for. And that's in any industry of your working. If it's, you know, if you are a server, you're looking to be a bartender, then maybe you do not want to apply. And I'm not saying do not, but maybe you are frustrated at Applebee's or, you know, Chili's. I don't know, wherever. So it's like, how can you make more money? Maybe then you go to a, a raise on the river or a, I don't know, or uh, Bad Daddy's. Up the, even though it's a burger joint, it's kind of a, a nicer burger joint. Upscale, yeah. Upscale, yeah, where people, where price is going to be a little bit higher. People are going to have to tip a little bit more. Maybe you, because money doesn't typically have an issue finding money. Mm-hmm. And the same would hold true uh, with companies. I find the folks that are always, not always, but I find some of the folks who have, who have budget issues uh, treat you like they have budget issues. You know, mm-hmm. some folks appreciate and, you know, from the beginning, if they're having budget issues, they want to treat you like a king, queen. They really thank you so very much. We know that, you know, you you know, you're doing this for us and boom, boom, boom. Like, I really appreciate it. Thank you for seeing that. And then there are the other folks that like got this dude on a discount. We're going to treat him like it. <laughs> it's like yeah. what? But anyway, but I've also found that the folks that are able to cut big checks, it felt like they were cutting a big check. They were investing in something. Like, yeah, we, we're paying this for this? Oh, no, we got to fill the seats. We got to make sure that everything is on time because they, they know what it took to get you there. So, so why, would they, why would somebody pay two grand for an event host? Uh, sometimes perception, uh, sometimes having things run smoothly. I did my first Sweet 16 uh, last month. Great. Uh, right. I'd never done one before. Great. But as, as a host, and what I like to tell folks, like, listen, I'm here so you can enjoy all this. I'm, yeah, I, I take care of everything. Now this is, you, I came into your house, but now I'm taking care of your house for you. Just, you're a guest now. Uh, so if anyone has an issue, you come to me. Anyone has an issue, is there an announcement? You come to me. Like I'm the dude and peace. People pay for peace. And, and if you, people happen to have a good time in the process, even better, which obviously they're going to have with you or myself. Like, they're going to have a good time. Yeah. And then it ends up they, they're they happy they paid. I'm so glad you're here. Wouldn't have been the same without you. Thank I mean, that is ultimately what, you know, what we're there. But anyway, they're ultimately they're paying for peace. And if that is the close, if, if that's how you close them, that's how you close them. You know, do you? You don't want to. This is your, your daughter, your son's wedding. You don't want to be running around or worried about this is. This is what I do. Like, would you want to invest in peace? You want to you enjoy your Boom. They do it. You don't. I mean, after you spent $20,000 on food or whatever it is, or 10000 or six or whatever on something you'll never see again, uh-huh. like, you're, it only makes sense that all this runs smoothly with me. How'd you find that gig? Uh, actually, I went to elementary school uh, with the girl, cool. and her daughter was turning 16. And she'd been following me on social media, seeing what I was up to. See, again, planting a seed. People knowing what I was doing, what I was working on. Uh, her daughter saw me on social media as well. So it was almost kind of like, what? Again, we have a professional coming. Oh, snap. Like, so it was, it was a to-do. Like, it was like, yo, this is a big deal. So even in getting there, it was like, oh, you're him. We heard you were going to be here. We heard there was going to be an MC. Uh, so it was, it was a really cool 
deal. And they were, I mean, from top to bottom, were happy that they didn't have to get on the microphone until it was time. And they didn't want to get on the microphone. I'm like, yo, this is you all's daughter. You have to say something. Boom. Mm -hmm. Then it was, I'm so glad you made us say something. But that was all they had to do the, the entire night. You know, they were, it was their job to have a good time. But that was a seed that was planted, you know, years ago or from when Facebook first started. We don't talk very often. But the notion of like, boom, oh, I've been, I've been seeing you. Do you do Sweet Sixteens? I'm like, actually, I do. Yeah. I, I had hosted events, but I hadn't yet, I had yet to have done a Sweet Sixteen. Most of your hosting events had come from like doing expos and things? Yes. The expos uh, are number one. Yep. Expos. Upfront investment. Upfront investment. You may spend... Let's say to get a booth is what? Would you see a couple like seven hundred? Is that yep. yeah, the I'd average? Say, yes. So you can go to yeah, you can go to some conferences and yeah, anywhere between five and seven hundred bucks and just have a booth. There's some that you can do some educational sessions at with a booth. Uh, and there are some that you can do what they call showcasing. Uh, and that just costs more. There's more of an investment. So if a booth is anywhere between four and seven hundred dollars, if you showcase or your showcase is accepted, that might be $1,000 or $1,300. Still no guarantees, but then you have 10 minutes in front of your audience, you know? Yeah. To, they either love you or they don't, or they but you still have that time in front of folks. And there's nothing better than meeting people. It really isn't. A lot of those mm -hmm. folks uh, at these conferences or conventions are really very much on, I met this guy, I know this guy. Uh, so before my career, I'll say it went boom years ago. It was like I'd went like to two or three in a row, like a, a couple in a year. I just banged. So they were used to seeing me. Then finally, I was like, oh, I'm like, I've been seeing you for three or four years now. What are you talking? I didn't just get here. Like, that was right. my frustration. But I was good at the booth. And I think that a lot of people are not good at being at a booth at an expo. But I'm gifted in that area for sure. And that helped me. I'm sure you would be great at booth area too, but some folks are creepy at booths. It's like kind of stalkerish. Yeah, yeah, like you're too thirsty. So I think that's the I think that's where the comedy X factor is, man. Of course, it's like man. you know you're just likable. People want to work with people they like. Period. And that goes in any job that, for that anyone. It goes in any job. Yes. Some I mean, I did some brief coaching on and I, I feel like I could do it again just on on how to build business at conferences because folks just don't know always how to operate at conferences or they, they make this huge, you know, grand display or set at their booth, but then nobody ever stops to buy. It's like, hey, it looks nice and you, but you spent thousand dollars just on your booth and no one's sitting at it the whole time or, you know, what are you doing? Or is it sometimes you just kind of sit down like, hey, you know, sit down because maybe people are intimidated when you stand up, you're six two or six three. Yes. Right? All six right. Four. So, six four. My bad. No, no it's, disrespect. It's all legs. <laughs> Oh, uh, no torso. My torso is I'm built like Gumby <laughs> is what it is. You guys remember Gumby? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so it's like sometimes I felt like, okay, or I mean, heck, I'll say this. So if I'm in, if I'm in Iowa in an expo or, uh, yeah, Iowa that's rural, rural, very white, maybe they've not seen too many of my people. Mm -hmm. it, so do I necessarily want to be standing at the front of the booth, you know, super tall and proud and maybe... Maybe intimidating. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just completely speculating. Interesting, yeah. Sometimes maybe I'm just kind of sitting down nice and cool behind the desk. Hey, how you doing? Ah, so then now they seem to be six feet tall. Now maybe they feel like they have some kind of vantage point, yeah. and I'm really comfortable because it's okay. I'll sit down until we introduce ourselves. 
then I stand up. I meet people where they're at. I'm setting up for the win. It's more important that they establish comfort if they're going to be ones cutting the check eventually. So those are just all kind of things. So again, if you being 6'4", maybe some people feel like, oh, wow, he's 6'4". Right. Like maybe, you know, you stand back a little bit. You know, I mean, bashful even. It just depends on reading each and every person. I read each and every person differently. So sometimes people are like, hey! Some people may get that. But if some people are at a four, I don't want to take them to a 10. They're not ready for that. So then I just welcome them at the level that they're at. And your, your usual opener, and thinking of like it as a comedy set, you know, you have a strong opener and a strong closer. Yeah. And like format the set that way. Like they're walking by, you're like, hey, you got 30 seconds? And then you... Yeah. They're going to say no. It's like right. they usually come in that through that, I guess. Yeah, they usually and come then, through that. Like, uh, do you, you like stickers? I mean, who, do, who doesn't like stickers? I mean, it sounds really hokey. It sounds young, but most of us are young at heart or we'd like to be. Mm-hmm. We never got a chance to be or whatever. Like, come on, everybody likes stickers. Really? No? Okay. Because I also don't want to spend too much time. You know, I don't want to let 10 people walk by because I'm begging this one person who ultimately doesn't see the value and how great this experience can be. I'll see them again. They'll walk by again. That's also happened. Like, mm. I'll let you walk around four times. Maybe it's kind of feeling me out. Feel, I'll let it happen. Like, I'll see you. Right, right. Feel you. <laughs> <laughs> but just let all that stuff happen. And then, boom, about time you stop by. Right. As you know, I mean, even in comedy, a lot of it is calling attention to the obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, and then making people either uncomfortable or comfortable with it. And we laugh through it. And then we move on. Uh, and that piece, again, that part has helped so much. So get humor in being able to teach folks, as you mentioned, even in, in the workplace, how do we use appropriate humor in helping people get to the next level? Like, again, that is something that you would do. I yeah. help people use humor in part to help get them to the next level. Like, is it, you know, your ability to connect with people that's keeping you from your next promotion? It's keeping you from your next raise. That's, is that what's keeping you? Do you really want that to keep you from more money? Couldn't possibly, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that is also where individual coaching could come in. I don't do much of that, but that is where you could find yourself in some organizations, whether it would be with real estate companies or folks that are in sales, like teaching them how to bridge the gap. How do they do more? How do they connect better? A lot of folks, they think they're funny, but they're really not. You know, there's crash folks that don't get it, don't understand people. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're here. That is why we're here. I'm just thank dude. Hope that that was, makes sense. Sorry. I just no, I know. I just took on like a one on one session. I was just like, all right, <laughs> it's a pleasure. podcast, guys, but we're about to do some consultation really quick. If you guys don't mind, we're gonna do consultation. Hope it's okay with you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that was great, man. I don't want to hold you up much man, more. Thank man. you. That was that was a good part one. I was Heck say. yeah. That's, mm, on I, this thing. I like you mentioned the hosting thing, because like that's the most immediate impact, I think, beyond like having to learn this this like new pitch and this new like okay i gotta figure out now how i can use comedy to build company culture it's like oh i know how to host that has like the least friction i would say so far absolutely get my foot in the corporate door get your foot in the corporate door i really like creating company culture through comedy i mean that that could be uh that could be the piece you can create a one sheet from that a postcard uh and in that postcard you know we're talking about the three or four or five, I wouldn't go more than five, mm-hmm. uh, uh, just learning outcomes from that piece. Uh, that is what's going to be important. And I tell folks, too, to work in three fives and sevens. All right, three, morning, noon, and night, five days in the working week, seven days in a regular week. Uh, just because then if you task people out, you can have them do something. Oh, here's these three tasks. Or if it's you're good, you're great, you're worth it. That's a three. 
or I would also when I, years ago that one of the tag lines and I still use it sometimes was look good, feel good, be good. It's three, bang, bang, bang. Right. You know, so power threes like comedy. Of course. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's all transferable. So doing that so it resonates. People do not forget that. People do not forget you're good, you're great, you're worth it. They do not forget look good, feel good, be good. Mm-hmm. They don't forget it. Uh, and so again, and that becomes more important than my name. Because if they remember you're good, you're great, you're worth it, they can find me anyway. You know, it's gonna bring them back to me and the message becomes more powerful than the person, but essentially I am the message. The message is more powerful than the person. Yeah. Are absolutely. You, are you in any associations or anything like that? No. No. Uh, so you invest because I've looked at them and I know that's that could be seven hundred dollars, but maybe the booth is where sure. you're gonna get the more immediate. Yeah. So uh, you know what, and I and I want to, and I'm always very thankful to Eric Lambert. Uh, who he is the executive director and the creator of something called APCA, APCA. I've heard of that, right, yeah. Cool. So most entertainers have at some point experienced him or know who he is or have been to APCA, but that is where my career started. That's mm. where I had my first showcase. That's where I feel like I bombed ridiculously. Oh, uh, and that's yes. Right. <laughs> What's the worst? That is. What's your worst bomb? That was corporate wor- or comedy? Oh, man. Uh you know what? I always ask people their worst bomb. This okay, is my, my worst bomb. It, it's a combination because I want. I tried to be <laughs> funny back. It was in Oklahoma. Okay. It was this. This is for a high school though, but I didn't know that it was for like one of the worst school districts in the state of Oklahoma. Solid. I had no idea. I got set up in a major way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in a major way. Went in there, and there were kids that were wearing like. Uh, they had paper towels around their necklaces because they weren't allowed to wear chains, mm. but it wasn't considered a chain if there were paper towels around it. Uh, yeah, it was real. Uh, it was, when I tell you, and listen, it was about a thousand. And this is earlier on. Oh. It's about a thousand. And I was really still in that everyone loves me. Right. I had on a suit, stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> you gotta fail to fly. You gotta right? fail to fly, but I love that, right? <laughs> gotta know your audience, gotta fail to fly, man. Got in there and it was it was brutal from the beginning. And then so the, it was like ninth and tenth grade, then eleventh and twelfth. When like the thousand left, I was like, whew, I survived. I mean, because I was trying to make jokes and I that's how I found out about the whole necklace thing. I said, this guy had on a paper towel herringbone. I don't know if you know what herringbone is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Had on a paper towel. He's like, nah, man. And I was like, that's when I found out or why they had the dolphin earrings. It was crazy. It was not funny. Oh, man. Oh. No, but matter of fact, it was more like, ooh, like, do you know who oh, and you these people are? Oh, yeah. So the ninth and 10th grade left. And then as 11th and 12th grade started to file in, it was over half of the same people that were just in there. <laughs> <laughs> who, who just didn't want to go back to class. So they decided to spend another hour with me. The exact same presentation? Yes. Oh, yes. Nice. Such a hostile audience. It definitely made me, that day it made me a better speaker. I was like, yeah, yeah. this isn't going to rock. Um, I'm kind of cutting out the suits. I mean, the, the suits all together. Yeah. I'll doctor some things up. Everyone, I got, I got to switch some things up. Everything that works for corporate ain't going to work for high school. It works for high school. Not going to work for college. Know your audience, pay attention to the audience, pay attention to people. I mean, the whole thing, man. Some people like it still, you know, but ultimately I was like, I cannot wait to get the hell out of here. And I'm never going back. I don't care what you pay me. Like sometimes you're just like, I don't want the check. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it was so painful. It was even, it was on news articles. 
the, oh. In the oh yeah it was there there's pretty much like saying like shame on the way that you all treated the speaker that came in like i could what yeah it was it was there i didn't know until someone told me and then i went and read and i was like oh man it was it was just oh it was so humbling were there boos or hisses or <sighs> not as much no it apathy. was just apathy apathy and i'm and most and i don't now being more seasoned i don't mind like i'll attack that but it was just like yeah we don't want you here <laughs> twice <laughs> twice <laughs> and they're at the end there were maybe like 10 or 20 kids that i got a chance to talk to and it was like okay some people were li- but it was i cannot wait to leave mm-hmm. it was it was certainly humbling but it made me better but that was certainly a crash and burn next to that my first showcase when uh no one wanted to book me that was matter of fact oh, man. uh there's one school, Shriner University, I'm going to shout you out, because they believed in me where no one else did. <laughs> There's, A1 uh, Jennifer Vasquez, oh man, listen, bro. I, I, that was when I came down the aisle, salsa dancing, no, sh- shoulder <laughs> shimmy, I had music on, bing, 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 anyway, yo, <laughs> I came down that aisle, I had on a black suit with an orange button-up shirt with a big collar <laughs> the collar was outside of the suit i cannot wait oh to come yes. down. yo i shimmied all the way down the aisle i did a little turn came down i moonwalked a little bit i shut him down so i thought mm-hmm. i paid thirteen hundred dollars i think for that showcase and a booth and it's one of those conferences where you go in a room afterwards and they say who wants Stan? Who wants, you know, Joe? Who wants all these people? And they're like, who's interested in Stan Pearson? <laughs> Me. That was it. You. The next day, I finally saw like this uh, an interest form, but it wasn't until like a year and a half later. <laughs> like, Whoa. So there was a school that was interested. Maybe it was like a year later. There was a school that was interested, but it wasn't until like. The following year, save a little face. But I tell at these conferences, yo, some people are like, yo, should I go in the room? Like, only if you're ready. Maybe your name will get called. Maybe it won't be. It's good to be in there. But there's nothing more humbling than to know that 500 people saw you on stage and not a one of them wants you on their campus. <laughs> and you paid to be there. And you paid <laughs> to be there. You paid to be there. Oh, man. But that's so some a lot of folks enter into the entertainment business through APCA or some other some other. And I mentioned APCA just because it created an awesome opportunity for me. uh, APCA.com. But there's a a lot of people that go, but because they don't prepare, they're not willing to invest in that process and getting ready. They go. They see the lights. They see that, you know, the setup they have, you know, stage crew. I mean, it's it's a production. So, you know, people are, again, announcing you, introducing you. Uh, so if you do all that, you're like, yeah, I'm ready. And then you perform and you bomb either as a speaker, performer, or comedian, whatever. Some people never come back. So there are hundreds of entertainers that enter the scene every year. There are hundreds that never come back. Mm-hmm. I came back. <laughs> and it's I was, not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But that's what I love your focus on, especially the school one ones. You're like, I learned, it was terrible, but I learned a lot. And that's why I always like to bring up in my interviews, 
some epic failure. If it's a comedian, it's when you got booed on stage. You know, if it's <laughs> yeah, other, buddy. if it's a, if it's a CEO, it's like, what was your worst experience in a pitch or like an actor in an uh, audition? What's yeah. your failure audition story? Just because we could see you where you are now. And a lot of people, especially now, as people like to microwave their success, like Man. the internet. Heck yeah. They want to, I like for people to have that perspective of like, okay, he's here now, but only because of his failures. Right, right, so right. Yeah. Important. <laughs> only because. You know, there's I can't remember the name of the book, but uh, ultimately, the 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 understanding is that the obstacle is the way. Mm. Like the obstacle is the way. So we have an obstacle, we get over it, and then that just becomes the new way. An obstacle that becomes the new way, uh, and embracing that an obstacle means a step closer to success. You know, most times we just kind of stop there, but it doesn't always mean it's going to be. You know, easy just means it's going to be worth it, but exactly. obstacle becomes the way. Boom. Man, Stan Pearson. Man, thank you Dude, very much. Before we get out of here, is there anything else you want the world to know? Yeah. Uh, number one, obviously, that you're good, you're great, you're worth it. That's important to know. I say, say that every day. <laughs> you're good, you're great, you're worth it. Aside from that, uh, feel free. Can I get my website and stuff? Let them know everything, man. Thank you. So my website is stanpearson.com, S T A N. P-E-A-R-S-O-N. My social media is at the real Stan P. At the real Stan P. That's in case someday someone wants to be the fake one. And uh, mm -hmm. and confidence con. So if you know someone that might be interested in building themselves from the ground up, their confidence, their self-esteem, especially in the state of being as young people and adults are, you know, and trying to discover the best version of themselves, just go to confidence-con.com. So confidence-con.com. Dot com and uh, you'll get more information there. Let them know, Stan. Man, I breath. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> thanks, Thank man. You. Thanks for letting me say that. I've been waiting. Oh, no, really? I oh, man, awesome. I, I'm just really uh, number one. I'm glad that I got into the, the the group that allowed me to post about you know the comedy show. But I'm glad that you stopped by. I'm glad yeah. that we you know begin to build this relationship. But this dude is hilarious. He's he's brilliant and a and a great guy. He is what I can say that the person that you see or hear right now is a person he is. And that is not just refreshing, but it's reassuring uh, that uh, life's going to be all right for folks. My man. Appreciate you. Thank you, you very much. Breath, Appreciate man. you very much. That's man. awesome. We made it. We made it. We're out of here. <laughs> Woo! Oh man, my brain hurts after all that. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did doing it. Stan is a great guy and had so much great insight. I would love to know your favorite tidbit you learned from Stan there. I mean, really, what I took away from it most, besides the self-empowering and really just how that can really help you excel your career, was just the simple think outside the box Maybe if I do want to be a company speaker, maybe it's not trying to like go and figure it out online or whatever. It's like, we'll go to where the companies are. Go to these conventions. Set up a booth. What is my brand? What am I offering? What is my message? Set up a booth around that and then connect that way. So I'm going to do it. Seriously. I think it's a worthwhile investment. Or if you know somebody who has corporate parties, I could just ask you directly, Hot Breath Averse. If you know... If you're a company or someone you know or you know someone that hires events 
let me know. I host events. I do stand-up comedy. I can also moderate interviews. I mean, let's work together. You know, that's a good way to start as well. Let's work together. I'm happy to collaborate however. So thank you so much for spending your time. I would really love to hear from you and what you learned from this. Ugh, so much. It's almost too much information. I hope you took notes or go back and listen again and take some notes because there really was a lot in this interview. I'm, oh, my brain hurts. Well, let's let's get out of here. So you can also watch us on YouTube as well. If you want to hang out on social media, everything is at Hot Breath Pod as well or at Joel Byers Comedy. My website, if you want to book me, joelbyerscomedy.com. On there, you also have info for my comedy class or also my schedule where I'm performing weekly, really at this point, whether in Atlanta or around the country. If you want to come see me for free, I host a new live podcast every Wednesday, Funny Monkey Radio. It's at Java Monkey in Decatur, Georgia. It's where comedians come to perform and then be interviewed about that performance. So if you're a comedy nerd like me, this is the place to be. So I hope to see you there sometime in Decatur at 8. Otherwise, we'll be back here. Every Monday, we're dropping new gems here at the Hot Breath of Earth. So thank you for your time. If you know of a guest you want to hear on here, Don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. If you have any audio needs as well, if you're thinking about starting a podcast or know someone who has or needs music production, anything you need, my man Amon Garner is the man with the plan. He has a studio set up in his place now where we're recording. He also can take care of any of your needs, audio. He also has video now. It's really really been cool to see him grow, and we've been growing together here in the Hot Breath of Verse. He produces other podcasts now, so if you're doing a podcast... Audio is a big part of that, and Amon can help you with that. So shout out to Amon Garner. Hit him up on Facebook. And shout out to my wife as my voice gets raspy. You could tell. I mean, that was a long interview. My voice is now giving out on me. So thank you to my wife, Erin Byers, for making the theme song to Hot Breath, of course. I love you, dear. Now that I have checked that box, you now know it's the end of the outro. So here we go. Until next Monday. Right here on Hot Breath.